The views expressed on this episode of ARC-CDM World do not necessarily reflect those of Jack Amon Hoy. Good afternoon or good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021, and this is episode two of Eric CDM World, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network at hittingthemarks.com. We're also brought to you by JustCBDStore.com. Head over to JustCBDStore.com for all of your edible and vaping needs and enter HTM at checkout and receive a 20% discount on your entire order. The song you heard in the background is the newly signed Somersault by Story of Oz. You're probably asking who the hell is Story of Oz. Yes, so is everyone. Well, this song was picked up by Deep in Thought, John Askew's sister recording label of Seven. It's the first single from this mysterious person. And I'll admit, the song sounds pretty good. A bit too good. For a guy that just magically appeared out of nowhere, if you catch my drift. So I discovered Story of Oz and Somersault from an email I received from Cat Bailey, who is a publicist and founder of The Motherload. If you're not familiar, The Motherload sends the newest releases and soon-to-be released songs to blogs like mine, Transfarm.com and others, as well as prominent DJs from across our world. Now, what I'm about to say is not a reflection on Kat. She's a wonderful person with a lot of experience in advertising campaigns as a publicist. Um, She's just doing what she was paid to do. What I am about to say has everything to do with John Askew. And it's just one of the reasons why I've lost a lot of respect for one of the more well-known trance music artists. Going off of the article to that I put up on transfarm.com, where the title actually reads, John Askew just signed the next big thing in trance music, and you've never heard of him. So you scroll to the bottom, John says something, and that the first part is very, very true. Okay? Signing a newcomer is indeed a huge step. It's a huge step for any record label out there. And here's what John had to say when he wrote to Cat for this advertising campaign. He said, the hardest thing for a new artist to do is make a name for yourself, to get attention and get established. That part is absolutely spot on. No one will disagree with that. You can say that about any genre, of music on the fucking planet. However, John continues. 
But I'm confident Story of Oz will be a household name in trance circles by the end of 2021 because the quality and consistency of his music is second to none. If this sound is the Story of Oz, then book me a fucking ticket to Oz immediately. Let's go back here just a second here. Let's rewind here. Because the quality and consistency of his music is second to none. Okay. Well, these songs are so good that John Askew has signed Story Boz to a four-single recording contract. Four songs. Um, this means <laughs> that Dave Parkinson has probably, and we don't know for sure, but I've, I have it on pretty good authority to know that D Dave Parkinson ghosted at least Somersault and perhaps more, if not all, of the remaining three songs. Now, being ghosted isn't cheap. In fact, it's pretty damn expensive. Um, it could run into the thousands of dollars just for one song. And I can assure you that Story of Oz is already in the red by thousands of dollars even before this dude gets started. Already. Just bam. Out of the gate. But more importantly, what does this say for the integrity of John Askew by signing a complete farce to the scene even right even before he launches out of the gate? I mean, the dude's a farce. Do we look at it as the story of Oz is literally buying his way into the elite? Or are we looking at it as John just signs good music no matter who it's from and what name is attached to it? Okay. This argument's been going on for years, but lately it's it's hit a fucking nerve with me. And I look at it as John Askew signed this guy, Story of Oz, knowing that he was ghosted by more than likely Dave Parkinson, but he's no problem in investing money on a guy and putting in and putting him on a pedestal with absolutely zero talent. It's smoke and mirrors. It's it's just absolutely smoke and mirrors. And those of us who have been in this scene long enough, we can see right through it. What does this say for the hundreds, if not thousands, of other guys and girls who are working their ass off. And this is the exact same thing that I talked about in last week's episode. What does this say for the hundreds, if not thousands of people who are working their ass off to perfect their art and do it the right way? And who would probably give their left nut, as I said last week, and I'm basically repeating myself verbatim, who would kill to be signed to deep in thought. Because they're sure as hell not getting signed to seven. Um, because as we all know, seven is a recording label of seven exclusive artists. So that's just one of the reasons I've lost a lot of respect for John Askew. And here's the other. In October of last year, uh, seven released volume two 
of their compilation series. And it just seems odd to me that an exclusive label, as I said, such as Seven, which has a roster of only seven artists, would have the balls to release a compilation of 73 songs from a whole group of people, from a whole group of artists. And I use that term artists very loosely for a couple of them. And profit from it. Now, some of the people on that record are people who I correspond with on a regular basis. And some I even consider friends, especially Asteroid. Matt Thomas, who is probably one of my better friends in this industry. But the problem I have, even with Matt, and I'm sure he will discuss this when I have him on the show here in a week or two, is that how does it make you feel to have an exclusive label such as Seven? Not a regular label that is inviting to everyone. We're talking about an exclusive label. We're talking about a club. We're talking about a fraternity. Say to you, yeah, we like your song and would like to use it on our compilation to make money, but you're still not good enough to be in our club. There's no way in God's green earth you're going to be in our club. I think it's a pretty pompous attitude that Seven has. Now, I have no problem with exclusive rosters. I don't. I don't. But when you release compilation records of other artists who are basically, and I'm not saying that all of them did this, but it seems to me that you have a whole bunch of artists that are just basically kissing Seven's ass and willing to bend over backwards just to do anything to be included in that club that they wouldn't otherwise be included in. I mean, it's almost as if Seven is just laughing all the way to the bank and saying, nope, thanks for the song, but yeah, you're still not getting in. Not a shot in hell. It's not going to happen. That's my John Askew rant. And it's just, uh, it's, it's mind-boggling to me how he and Story of Oz, whoever Story of Oz is, it could be Dave Parkinson for all we know. It could be some other ghosted guy. Or, I think, it's a guy with no experience, no production experience, no nothing. Who even knows if the guy can DJ? Probably not who has a lot of money and who's buying his way to the top. It's a slap in the face to all the other artists. It's a slap in the face to Deep in Thought, really, and John Askew. It's very disappointing. And to be a part of a huge marketing campaign to float this guy to the top is just completely beyond me. So what I did was when I got this info from Kat Bailey, I sent her an email right back. I said, I have to interview this guy. I've got questions, you know. I want to know more about him. Let him be on my podcast so he doesn't have to identify himself. You know, let's do it that way. And the next day, I 
received an email back from Kat. She's very good about that. I have the highest respect for Kat Bailey. Once again, she's just doing what she was paid to do. And she said, uh, yeah, he's not doing interviews right now. Hmm. Wonder why. Anyway, that's my Ask You rant. And up next is my conversation with Jack Amon Hoy. And Jack and I had some audio problems, but I do hope you'll enjoy about our hour-long conversation, which is coming up right now. All right. My next guest just had a birthday. So happy 31st, Jack. And he hails from Denmark and releases under five aliases. Don is signed exclusively to Armada Music, while his popular dreamy alias belongs to Daniel Candy's Always Live recording label. He also releases under his tech trance divisional phrase in his song, What We Choose, recently cracked the top 50 on the Beatport trance chart, courtesy of Future Sound of Egypt's clandestine sub-label. His storyteller alias is free to shop music around to different spots, while his Dark Matter alias, which is probably my favorite, concentrates more on the progressive and breaks genre of dance music. There's a lot to remember here, but we'll put this and a whole lot more in perspective as I welcome Jack Hoy to Eric's EDM World. Jack, how are you, man? Doing good here. Thanks for having me on. I want to start off by referencing a documentary that your good friend and mine, Victor Kitson, did on you uh, about four years ago. Right before we delve into that, you were diagnosed with cerebral palsy at birth and diagnosed with Tourette syndrome at age 14. You talked a lot in that documentary about the relationship that you and your biological mother had and uh, and how at the time you f- you felt a little hesitant to forgive her. And I, I was wondering, since the four years since that documentary, have you and your mom sort of been able to grow closer? Um, well, I, I, I still have a little bit of a, of a hard time uh, with her, actually. But, but I've learned that if I just are there and, I mean, we, we speak sometimes uh-huh. uh, on, uh, on, the, uh, on most like, like the family, uh, the other side of the family, which is my mother part, you know. Uh, when I'm there and when she's there, we usually talk a little bit, but I, but I kind of have to, I have to get her in doses, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't handle her all the time. So, um, when I, when it gets too much, I, I kind of, uh, go a little bit away, but we, uh, we, we sometimes reminisce, uh, the good times we had with the music and et cetera. Because my uh, here's the thing that uh, that a lot of people don't know about about uh, my mom. She's actually a really big uh, music lover and a mu- really big uh, electronic musical lover. Um, so we 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 still have this kind of connection to music, but um, but but yeah, I I tend to kind of take her in doses. Yeah. Um, but so, we can speak at terms. So mm-hmm. out of your numerous aliases has your mom mentioned to you which one of those happens to be her favorite um not really 
I mean, she uh, she has listened to my stuff and she's uh, she's really proud of me, honestly, and uh, I, I'm happy to hear that. But uh, she haven't she 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 I don't think she have heard. Uh, she I don't think she doesn't I, she does know the meaning behind my aliases. I I just think she listens to my music, you know. Yeah, and uh, it, right before we go any further. Jack and I have been having problems here probably for the past two hours as in terms of uh, that the audio and uh, you'll have to forgive us if, if there's any crackling sound, which I'm kind of getting right now, but we're going to fight through this, aren't we, Jack? Yeah, we're not going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's kind of been a shit year for everyone and I wanted to get your thoughts on how you have been able to deal with uh, the, the, the current world situation uh, since everything kind of took a turn in March. Um, how difficult has it been for you to adapt and to really try to accept what we are all facing right now? Well, in the start, it was really hard because I was, I was, getting used to the news again. And here's something that a lot of people don't know about me, but, or I haven't mentioned, but uh, like 12 years ago, I kind of had a kind of, um, I was, I was afraid to go out basically, mm-hmm. um, kind of angst kind of thing. And uh, I was, I was not happy uh, with going out because I was thinking, my mind was telling me that I was murder and everything and stuff like that, where my my foster parents actually uh, took a step up and told me to, to go more outside and stuff. So that's that's what I what I did. And when when this pandemic kind of hit, I kind of got that feeling again, where I was I was constantly 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 listening to news, mm-hmm. uh, watching the news and everything. And I kind of got a, I kind of got that angst, anxiety, uh, anxiety back. Yeah. Uh, and, and then eventually I, as I learned how, how it all worked out and stuff, I, I kind of got used to it, but it was really hard in the start, especially when you couldn't see, uh, I know you could, sp- you could still be with your family and everything, but, but, when it comes to friends and and close people, that was that was probably the hardest thing to to adapt. Um, Do you so, think yeah. the news as often as you did had a negative impact on how you felt? Uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, because I I I I'm taking it in, but it it just it triggers my uh, it triggers my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, but but I'm getting used to it, and and I actually I've I've actually read uh, the news instead of seeing it. I mean I've seen the press meeting here in Denmark mm-hmm. uh, with our with our prime minister or whatever you call it, and uh, and that's fine. So I just see her, and when when the police and everything comes comes in uh, the the all the hospital kind of thing comes in, then I then I leave because I I know the situation. And I know what 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 the status are when she has been on. Else, I I I I read about it, and it really it actually really helps that I uh, read the news instead of seeing it. 
it's mm-hmm. only the important news, you know, I, I watch on TV. Uh, but I, I would rather read it. Um, yeah. So what's the situation in Denmark right now? What type of well, lockdown are you all on? Yeah, well, basically we are we are still in lockdown and uh, we are currently yeah, we we are extending it to after March. Um so at the moment we are just at home so I'm seeing various closer friends. It's like two friends I see. Um but but at the moment we are we are expecting uh an an and third uh outrage if you can call it that mm-hmm. of uh coronavirus. So I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna be. I don't think nobody knows how it's gonna be, but uh we are we are fighting um with everything. Let me ask you this with you having cerebral palsy is that going to limit or distract you from getting the vaccine or i i actually don't know i mean i i'm i i'm i think i'm on the list but i'm on i'm one of those who are you know i'm i'm still well functioning mm-hmm. but the thing is that i think i'm going to be one of the more later people that are going to get it sounds kind of weird but I, I i i think it's how the system works i don't know but uh, but yeah, I think it's like this because I I can speak and I can I can walk. Uh, I have difficulties. I use a rollator like like people have seen in my documentary. But but yeah, um, I think I think uh, it's gonna be a later time. But I I I honestly can't wait to get it and see how it's gonna work out. And for those who don't know Jack, he's 100% functional. I mean, he's able to walk. He's he's. He's just a wonderful man, and uh, and I personally admire you, Jack. And I kind of want to shift gears here just a little bit and and talk about music. Uh, your latest single that I referenced in the introduction just broke the top fifty in the trance chart, and uh, I'm sort of curious how many tunes of yours have been able to break the top one hundred. Um. It's it's actually a lot, and I'm kind of surprised because you you know I I do music for 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 a living, but I also do it with a passion. Mm-hmm. So for me to be on uh, my latest single with the uh, Prisoner Storm, which was out on FSOE, uh, Stone Paints and Terminals label, it has been on there like almost a month, and I think it's probably one of the best. Um, selling singles at the moment, and I'm really proud of that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that's probably one of the best uh, one of the best uh, tracks I've ever done with a with a friend of mine, and it it also had a big meaning um, to the whole pandemic thing because we wrote this back two years ago when we didn't know that the world was gonna be in a situation like this. Mm-hmm. So now it has a meaning, you know, and I think that's why it also sold really well. And I'm proud of that, to be honest, because that was kind of also it was not a selling factor. It was more. It was from the heart, but now it gives so much more meaning because we are in a situation like this, you know. 
but uh, yeah, I think it's a lot of the tracks that. Yeah. Um, so talk about that meaning in the song for me. Well, yeah, um, you know, it's about the uh, it's about music, and it's about you have music is saving us. You know, I see a lot of uh, friends of mine and uh, and a lot of relatives that uh, that are listening to music. And it has, it had music have always had, had a powerful feeling, you know, mm-hmm. it, it kind of evokes emotion depending on if you're sad or happier or stuff. And yeah, that, to me, trans music has always been like this. Um, so it, it's like, it's, it's a powerful meaning about music and living through it. But, I, but as I said, we didn't knew that this coronavirus and everything was coming so now it has a huge meaning you know it's been an unbelievable year for everyone and yeah with you sort of concentrating on making music i'm sure that you bounce ideas off of people and and get some opinions uh from your colleagues yeah saying hey how does this sound how does this sound how can i do this better uh working with other people, I think that's a valuable asset that, that the producers have. Um, but you produce all of your own stuff, don't you? Yes, I do. I, I, I get inspired, but who doesn't? But yeah, I produce my own stuff myself. So. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people out there who don't, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jack and I had a very interesting conversation uh, and we were talking about ghost producing and it's been a hot topic of mine pretty much for the past couple of weeks and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, the amount of folks out there who are releasing music when it's not their own seems to be more and more commonplace, doesn't it, Jack? Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it's funny to watch in a way, but it, it's also kind of, you're thinking to yourself, well, my music is kind of done uh, by me myself. But when when you look at others who are who are doing who are, who are sitting down, I, I I can always want I I really wonder how they promote their stuff when they haven't done their own music. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, sure, it's 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 gotta be through a marketing kind of thing, you know. Uh huh. But but it's just it's weird that it can go so well without people noticing. And then here you have people who are actually trying their best to break into the scene with their new stuff. Like who, people who are actually producing their own music, you know? I think it's kind of, it's, it's funny and it's kind of sad. Do you see any benefits of someone being ghost produced? Not really. I mean, if it comes down to engineering for others, sure. If you can, uh, if you can uh, get a benefit from it, and if you can uh, agree on terms, then I'm fine with it. But ghost producing, it, it, it nah, it's not really my thing, and it, it has never been, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it, uh, takes, it takes away. Yeah, I think what I think what it does is it gives a false identity to someone. Uh, it it makes them appear as though they are someone who they're not. Uh, And what really chaps my ass is 
when I see certain people talking about, you know, my collaboration with so-and-so and my track and, and they do these wonderful photo ops in front of a, in front of a computer screen where, where they're to producing software is right behind them and, or, or they're standing next to a set of decks and making a video where they're talking about, you know, Oh yeah, I, I prefer, I prefer to DJ open to close sets, you know, due to the fact that I can take you on a journey. And, and it's like, how many times have we heard that line before? You know, it's, it's, it's clearly staged. It's clearly done by a marketing company. You paid someone to do this. You are in essence buying your way to the top when you have absolutely no skill whatsoever other than maybe to look good in front of a camera. Yeah, I totally, I totally agree. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that actually. And I've, some, sometimes I, I, when I look at the, at some of my tracks getting into the top 50 and stuff, then I see on the top and it's like, yeah, f fair share to some of the guys because I know them and they do produce, but then there is some one, some other guys who are like, why are they on the top? Mm -hmm. They don't produce, you know, it's like so fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem quite fair, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It, and, 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 and some labels, some labels, I'm not saying names, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying some labels are buying their artists into the top as well. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. It's, it's, it. And once again, not to mention names, but it's uh, it's sort of weird when a director of a recording label that has seven exclusive artists uh, signs a person out of nowhere that no one has ever heard of to, quite frankly, a wonderful track. Um, you listen to it. Yeah. It's like, well, where did this guy come from? And then you start asking around you start sort of asking friends and it's like, yeah, here's what's going on with this guy. It seems to me that when you're starting out and no one's heard of you, you're going to make some pretty shitty tracks at first. And you're not going to just magically fucking appear in front of the whole trance world and say, here's my first song as brilliant as it may be. But we all know that it's not you. And I have a very, very big problem with that in someone taking that individual under their wing and promoting them as the next big thing when they don't even do their own shit and no one even knows who this guy is. Absolutely. I, I fully agree with that. Um, I remember when I started out, in 2010 i think my yeah i got my first release there i think and it didn't sound very good mm -hmm. so we all start at one point but but yeah like you said it's like they are taking away the uh the experience for for people who are actually producing and it, and it really ticks me off at times but but i try to i try to not uh, express it too much i just think what the hell 
you know? Yeah. Because here, here's the thing. If you begin to comment on it, like social media, stuff like that, then it can, it can get really toxic. Yeah. So I, I, I rather not do that. Yeah. And, I, and I just, I just speak with it, uh, with people about it and that's it, you know? So yeah. yeah, but I totally agree. And I appreciate you giving me your honest views on it where you do have to be careful. You have a lot to lose. Me, I have absolutely nothing to lose. Let's talk about, uh, as in terms of your foster parents, uh, from of what I've seen, they're just absolutely wonderful people. Um, you really don't consider them foster parents anymore, do you? Not at all. No, they, I, I consider them my real parents, actually. Uh -huh. So, yeah. What do they do for a living? Well, my father is uh, working at a school as a, as a, it's a, he's fixing uh, uh, problems with the with the with the L and stuff like that. I don't know what you call it, but uh, he's he's working at a school, making sure everything is uh, is fixed and stuff. And uh, my mother is uh, living at the at the home, so mm -hmm. uh, she's uh, she's making sure that the house are clean and she's making sure everything is all right. And then uh, she have uh, we have a. Uh, uh, although I can't speak too much about it, but we have a we have um, I have a, a foster little brother now, so she's basically taking care of him alongside my father, like they did for me. Uh huh. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm basically not uh, in the caretaker order anymore, or what you call it. Uh, that happens after you are 18. You mm -hmm. kind of grow out of that. But they, I still consider them my, 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 my parents and, I, and they still help me with stuff. And then um, I have uh, a foster uh, big sister, which is uh, helping me too. And her, uh, her uh, husband, which you have seen in the documentary, who, who was with me at the Luminosity. Uh, and he does uh, help me with, uh, with uh, he does uh, a living helping uh, other people. So he helped me with, he's helping me with, uh, with gigs and everything, making sure that I can come back home and, oh, and out there and stuff like that. You know, I can't, uh, I can't travel alone. So it's always really, really nice to have someone like him uh, and my other, uh, my other, uh, my family and stuff when, when they are around helping me with that. So. You being able to mentor someone else and help them sort of go through the same thing that you went through, that in the end certainly has to help you. Yeah, it really does because, you know, it's, it's, here's the thing. It's always been hard for me when, when, I, when, when someone new comes into the life. Um, but, but over time, it, it really grows on you. And you start to really, uh, you start to really appreciate uh, the person um, for their problems, you know. And you try to to look inside of them and see, okay, what what are they dealing with? Because I have my own problems as well. I'm not the, I'm not too good with with new people and stuff. And I can be kind of aggressive in the start, but but over time, I, I it grows on me, and I become better to understanding. Hey, okay, it's actually. Uh, they actually feeling the same way as me, kind of. You know what I mean? You sort of feel like that alpha male. You were there from the start, and then having someone new kind of come in, it's like uh, introducing a new animal to the herd, where it takes time to understand that person, and quite frankly, it takes a little bit of time to accept them, does it not? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's it. With the fact that the shows right now are pretty much non-existent, uh, with the exception of a couple of countries, which I think it's wonderful to see. Have you been able to spend any part of this last year in practicing your DJing skills? Um, yeah, I, I do it occasionally, but uh, I don't know what it is, but but I, I'm not a big fan of guest mix. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like to do them, but but sometimes I just feel too tired to do them. It, it has to do with my mental uh, health as well, uh-huh. uh, because I, uh, as people know, I suffer uh, like 24 seven with uh, these pains issue, you know, mm-hmm. and that that does get in the way of me producing music or or even even doing anything like I have those days where I just want to lay in my bed and everything, you know, just be there. But uh, yeah. But but at the moment I'm not really into guest mix. I, I I just feel like I need the the right mojo, if you know what I mean. I I need the right energy and I need the right feeling to do them. And what helps motivate you to get that feeling? Well, I uh, it's usually when I've been at friends, mm-hmm. uh, those I visit sometimes, and that like they can give some of their their energy. Uh, and and stuff like that, you know. It's like giving energy to energy. It's like a really really good thing, especially in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so it usually either I create a new track or something like that, or else I I go into the decks and say, okay, I can do this guest mix. I I feel like it, but it, it it's it's kind of a it's kind of a hit and miss with my guest mixes. I feel I I still I like to be on the decks but i think what it is it's i like to be there live you know what i mean i like to be at the event and feel the energy from the crowd instead of just uh, standing in a wall and mixing you know yeah I, I think it's actually also that pretty much so when was your last gig huh that was in 2016 at the lumi i haven't had any gigs since um yeah. still hoping but we'll see but uh, that was that was like I said in the interview, an amazing feeling because here's there's people from a lot of countries who are going to see you specifically, mm-hmm. uh, and then to be on the on the lineups alongside one of my favorite names in the trans scene is like wow. Um, so that was really really good. I I certainly hope that something like that can come again. And in terms of Denmark, I have had uh, one guy who is actually doing really well at the moment uh, on uh, on Beatport and uh, and on Amada. Uh, his name is Marathon, mm-hmm. uh, and he uh, Mass has uh, has uh, done a really favor- good favor for me and uh, booked me to uh, some gigs that he had lined up. Uh-huh. Uh, last year, uh, last uh, year again, I mean, in uh, 2019, we had uh, guys like uh, Ed Lunam and uh, Louis Stuckelby and uh, some other great names in the scene coming to that uh, that show in Denmark. Like yeah. it was a very it was a very tiny event, but but we had a really good time there, and then I just feel like I want to thank uh, Mass personally for that. 
right. because that that was things that got me into the mojo again and because i missed uh, djing live you know yeah and sometimes it doesn't really matter what the size of the crowd is it's just the fact of you being able to play and when you're able to play in front of people no matter how big or small at the end of that set it just seems to recharge your batteries it it seems to make you want to do a little bit more yes it's a huge endorphin rush but one can only hope that that rush transfers on for weeks or even months to inspire you to do something else right yeah yeah that's it talk a little bit about what we've got coming up with you jack uh what are you working on right now well i have a i have a few projects actually uh i have an album on uh, daniel candy's label uh, always alive mm -hmm. and that's that's about being uh, mixed and mastered at the moment uh, and that has been that has been uh, something that's been going on for four years. Um, I ori I originally didn't want to do an album like I stated, but uh, a lot of people said to me it's a really good idea and you should you should try and do it because you are a, a well established name and stuff. You, mm -hmm. you know, here's the thing. Like I w I want to touch on this because it's important for me to tell. Mm -hmm. Like. I know certain people and fans are are really loving my music, and they are, yeah, they are considering considering me uh, a really big name in their in their hearts, and that's that's amazing to hear, and that's something that makes me go. Uh, it it keeps me rolling and it keeps me going, you know. Um, but but I've I've never considered myself like a big name like i'm I, because you here's the thing you can always learn um and yeah i've had a lot of releases on amarda and juve and and all those great labels and i'm really proud to work with the work with the guys behind it mm -hmm. um but but it's it's just for me it's about the passion of the music it's it's never been it's never been about the ego it's never been about making money and stuff like that it, it's 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 always been about the passion mm -hmm. and have i have i told myself like 20 years ago uh i would make music because that was a huge deal that i always i've always wanted to do mm -hmm. i would have told myself you are crazy it's never gonna happen mm -hmm. uh, especially not the not with how i've been treated um with with uh, with abuse and stuff like that by by uh, by uh, by uh, what do you call it like a school like it's uh, the I don't know what how to say it in English but it's like when when someone is uh, when when people are are looking at you differently let's let's call it that uh -huh. um, so yeah um, then I have. Uh, Release coming on Regenerated, uh, Sean Tyus's label. Yeah, yeah. Uh, finally got a board there uh, with my good friend, friend uh, Frank Vanders. I can say this now because he <laughs> he uh, he fucked a bit up, Sean. But hey, that's what happens, you know. Uh, he uh, he put the ID up, and I was, and people were like, "What?" 
So yeah, no worries there, but it's coming. And uh, I've got a release on Juve, actually. It's been in the pipelines because they have been busy with the labels. And, 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 and John, I know John is a really, really busy guy, uh, John Double Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really respect him for believing in my music. Uh, especially the first EP that I had on there was when I wasn't in a very good time. Um, so I, I appreciate him taking me under the wings and believing in what I can do, you know? It's it's not everyone who does that. Um, but I really appreciate that. Um, then I got a release on... Uh, oh, I have a I have a lot of release. I have one on the After Dark, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can't, I can't say too much about that yet, but uh, it's with a good friend of mine. And uh, people have seen the posts and stuff, but I, I would rather kind of try to keep it uh, hidden. But we have something coming on After Dark, which is really cool. And I think Snyder played it uh, in a lot of his sets. So wow. look out for that. It's a banger. And <laughs> it's, my fir- it's my first time there. So I'm really grateful that, uh, that Andrew, I think his name was, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, uh, again, that he is... Uh, supportive of a new artist because it's really important that uh, that labels are are also looking for for new talents you know you touched on something especially with john fleming uh in that it's the little things sometimes isn't it where uh they are very supportive uh extremely understanding and very knowledgeable as busy as they are they take the time to mentor even the most established guy who knows how to produce. And no matter how good or how bad you are, there's always room for improvement. And in order to get feedback like that from someone like John Fleming certainly has to mean a lot. Yeah, it really, really does. And I've, I've, uh, I've, spoke with uh, Gary Delaney, uh, one of the A&Rs for uh, Juve, and I, uh, I've always told him that, uh, that uh, greet, greet John from me and say that I'm really, really happy that he's, uh, he's being so supportive of my stuff, and, and, and that, that's so cool that, um, that, 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 that he does that. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's, it's, you know, it's hard to get around people, the bigger names, because they're probably busy with their own stuff, but like for me to send the message across is something that I really, really, I, I'm, I'm happy to do because if it gets across, then people know that I'm happy with what they're doing. And I think that's a, extremely important, you know? Mm-hmm. It separates the averages from the greats. And, uh, and I have the highest respect for John. He and, and Daniel and Rich Silverstone and, and all of those guys just, uh, they take a, a personal invested interest in what all of their signees are doing. And I actually think they care for their well-being as well. I mean, I'm sure that oh, yeah. John reached out to you. She'd asked just simple questions. Hey, Jack, how you doing? You don't get that a lot from a lot of other record labels. And with as much as the people like John do have on their plate, the little things matter it helps your motivation and it helps your creative process to just keep going, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It really does. And I can take a good example. Um, 
my remix for Solarstone and uh, Lucard, Late Summer Fields. Mm-hmm. I, uh, a lot of people know this, but to recap, I uh, wrote Rich that I really loved the original of uh, Late Summer Fields. And it was back in 2009. And I was starting at the education place. And I actually sang the instrumental. A lot of people doesn't know this. But I actually uh, I wanted to sing the uh, the instrumental of that track because I, I loved it so much and obviously I can't sing mm-hmm. I I doesn't do it very much but it ha- it has been a part of me um, and ever since that I it that's one of the tracks that has really helped me um, through the harder times I had back then you know getting to know everyone and getting to learn everything. Um, and that, that was one of the tracks that really, really, it helped me. So I, uh, I, I approached Rich, uh, in 19 mm-hmm. and I asked him, Hey, can I, can I do this remix? Because I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm establishing a good network with you, but also because it's a personal record of mine and, uh, I really want to do this, uh, because it has so much, it has a, so many, so many feelings that I, I, I think I could, uh, I could do with the, with the remix. And at first he wasn't, he wasn't really into the idea, but he was like, Hey, wow, why not? Because I, I love what you're doing. And I love my artist. I, I love the things that my artist uh, sent me. And I love the, I love new opportunities and I love new approaches. So he, he was like, uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, and and that alone means everything to me because he could have said no, we don't really, I don't really want to release this, but I know this is one of his personal records as well, so it's like a win-win situation for both of us really. And I know it 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 might not have done too well. I mean, it got top thirty on Beatport Top Hundred, which is nice, mm-hmm. but but sure. but for for me. It's like I've I've done my dream. I've released this remix uh, that I always, I've always wanted to, and and this is a good example of keep doing your dreams because if you if if you throw if you, if your mind throws throws all throws it all away, you you don't you don't get anywhere with 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 everything. I mean, I've always had this mindset. Approach the people that you want to work with. Approach the people that you want to that you want to start a network with. Approach the people that you are a big fan of. The most thing you can get is a no, you know. I admire you for what you're doing, Jack. It's been a hell of a journey for you, I know. For you to to be able to stay positive through all of the bullying to in your younger years and and to now be accepted and recognized as uh one of the leading transit producers in our scene really says a lot and just shows that if you really put your mind to it like you said if you would have been able to go back in time 20 years ago or 15 years ago and ask yourself, am I going to be able to do this? Am I going to be able to 
release music that will forever be here. Um, I think a lot of people lose sight of that in that when you release a piece of music, it's here forever. So 200 years down the line, someone's going to find one of your tracks or one of your remixes and play it. And maybe that'll inspire them. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that's, that's the thing. Like, it goes down in, in history. But, but I, uh, I want to I wanna touch on this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I get a lot of uh, Facebook uh, messages and, and overall emails uh, from fans telling me how much their music means to them or my music means to them. Uh-huh. I, I've had one. Uh, a good example. I had one uh, two years ago, I think it was, mm-hmm. and he uh, he was writing to me uh, regarding him having a cancer uh, operation or a cancer uh, um, whatever whatever you call it. Like like he had he, he was he was dealing with cancer, mm-hmm. and he wrote to me how much my music me- meant to him um and and let alone that is is something that i really take in and treasure because it's things like that that keeps you going you know yes it's uh it's just so meaningful to to hear from people who are actually dealing with their own problems um listening to your music getting through it getting through everyday life with with your music being the power that helps them that like that's a big thing it's a good feeling um, isn't it? it is and i i um i also want to touch on this for for a brief moment mental awareness okay um yeah. there, there there is a there is a lot of people that i know both in the trend scene but also in my in my friend and uh, everyday circle who are struggling. I mean, uh, everyone struggles with something, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel I feel like it's it's important that people talk more about the problems that they are facing instead of letting them letting them hide them, because then nobody is able to help. I mean, I've been I've been I've been uh, I've been like this myself for 20 years ago i i i was not happy for who i was i was despised of who i was i i didn't like me at all and my my foster parents has always told me that i could do this they 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 have always been so so supportive of me they have they they were the force that kept me going they have been fighting for me ever since I was one year, and it 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 must been it must have been a great deal for them, but they were they were ready, they were ready to step aside their own stuff to take me in, and I really wanna I really wanna thank them for this, and I think it's important that a lot of parents and relatives are aware of maybe what their their 
children or relatives are going through. I mean, it's hard when they hide it, but sometimes it's gotta go. It's gotta come out, you know. So yeah, I I just wanted I just wanted to tell that it's nothing. There's nothing wrong with being different, and there is nothing wrong with being who you are. I I hated myself back in the days. I really did. Mm-hmm. But I learned how to how to accept it, and here I am now with with some of the wonderful, most appreciated people in my life that I could I could I couldn't have wished for any be- anything better to be honest. The thing of it is, is that you've done all of this on your own, Jack, with the support, of course, from family, friends, and fans. But yeah. you've done this on your own, and what a Great story. What a tremendous inspiration uh, that a lot of people need to realize in that, yes, we do have our own problems. Everyone struggles with something. No matter how bad our lives may seem, you always have to remember that it can always be worse. Exactly. I mean, even, even in the hardest moments, I, I've dealt with this myself. I mean, I, I, uh, I have some issues myself. Actually, I'm, 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 I'm not so good at the, uh, at the. Uh, well, I, I can easily judge people before I know them, and that's part of my my head. Uh, so, but but the thing is that I always try my best to to look at at how other people are feeling and 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 try to to look into what what they are dealing with and that really helps me not uh i mean i mean the the judging part comes from being bullied i i think a lot of people know 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 this and or can relate to it but it just sits up in your mind and you you have a hard time like kind of letting go of it so it's always been a in it's always been a problem for me but i always i always really value that I've now come to this, you know, I, I've learned how to become better at accepting like others. Um, and also, also really, really know what, what they are dealing with. Like mm-hmm. I, like I said before, it, it's kind of a hard thing to let go of if you, uh, if you're, if you've been bullied, I mean, it sits in your soul. Um, I know a lot of my friends have this problem as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that, that all comes down to bullying, I, I believe. Yeah. Um, so. Well, it's, it's great to see you rise above it. And actually, you became a better man for it. So, Jack, is there anything that I left out? Um. I actually, uh, I actually want to thank my fans and everyone else who is uh, tuning into this because it's a, it's a heck of a roller coaster actually. Um, and I, 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 I've said, I've, I haven't, I have said this to all my friends and all my relatives, but, but I really, I hate lying. I really hate lying. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to be honest because that's the, that I think that's the way you, you, you're getting closer or whatever you call it that's the way you kind of uh, move on with your positivity like yeah 
I, I, it's not a good idea to lie. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, um, it's it's most definitely not. But uh, well, Jack, I just want to thank you for taking the time to do this. It has been my absolute pleasure. You're just an amazing man, and I wish you the best of luck. And we'll definitely chat soon, my friend. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me on, but. That's going to do it for this week's episode of Eric CDM World. I want to thank my guest, Jack Amon Hoy. And you can follow Jack on all social media platforms. Jack Amon, spelled A-I-M-A-N, Hoy, H-O-Y-E. And you can also follow me via Eric with a K, Lake, as in a body of water, or Transform, or Eric's EDM World on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to check out Transform's SoundCloud page, where I have exclusive guest mixes from today's top and up-and-coming trans music producers. Until next week, y'all. We'll see you, and have a great week. <laughs>